welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right, so tonight we are concluding, not just good, great. I'm a little sad because this might be my favorite series um, so far. Uh, I will tell you that that video we showed of the missing piece, um, it was in that teaching that the woman that I read the story got freed from depression. And um, I will tell you this, uh, I taught that on the West Side last month. It is by far the most profound revelation that I have ever had. Uh, I did it in three weeks. I needed like 16. Um, it, it is a, the peace of God is a revelation on the same level as faith in God and uh, the grace of God. I did not know that when I started, but when I started studying it, I realized that the peace of God, when God says peace, it is a revelation that is the same. Remember when my dad started teaching us about grace, God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor, and it kind of rocked our worlds, right? Well, now we just talk about it. But like five years ago, I mean, it just revolutionized our church. Well, the peace of God is on that level. It's that profound of a revelation. And so you need to be here next month. It will change. I'm telling you right now, there will be people in here, you will literally be freed from depression, anxiety, panic attacks, like that. Just because you will put your faith in the peace of God and you will recognize your standing with God. And uh, people on the West Side, in the West Side Church, n- numerous stories of people overcoming depression, anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia, stuff like that, because they got this revelation. It's so powerful. Amen. So we're going to conclude this series. We serve a a great God. Amen? Amen. Amen. We know that Jesus was described as the greatest among us, right? He was the greatest. And we now have that greatness living on the inside of us. If you have accepted Jesus in your life, greatness now lives on the inside of you. So if greatness lives on the inside of you, then you can pursue greatness for your life. And I've shown you many times that Jesus said, whoever desires to be great, there's nothing wrong with desiring to be great. Amen. Amen. And when you have an overall understanding of your relationship with God and the word of God, the only conclusion you can actually come to is that God wants you to live a great life. Amen. When you understand that God wants you to prosper and be happy, to live in freedom, to live in success, to live in victory, to live where you're the head and not the tail, that Jesus came and, and, and everything under, under, of the world is subject to his power, his dominion, and, and that he is here and has laid out hundreds of promises for your life all of which give you the abundant life, when you understand that, the only conclusion you can come to is that God wants you to have a great life. He wants you to have great businesses. He wants you to have a great mind. He wants you to have a great heart. He wants you to have great marriages, great kids, great joy, great peace, great success. He wants that for your life. Amen. Say amen. Amen. (laughs) You got to receive it. 
Amen? And the premise of this teaching came from a statement that was made. And the statement was, the difference between really good and great so often is just 5%. The difference between really good and great, and it's true, right? Just like 5% more effort, 5% more generosity, 5% more encouragement, 5% helping hand, 5% more forgiveness in your house. Come on, somebody. 5% putting the past behind you. Just 5% more effort, 5% more focus. Difference between good and great, just 5%. Sometimes the difference between bad and kind of good is just about 5%. And the difference between kind of good and really good is about 5%. And then once you get to really good, it's just about 5% more. Right? I mean, a lot of times the difference between gaining weight and losing weight is just about 5%. (laughs) 5% more lettuce, 5% less cookies. Deep revelation tonight, guys. That's why I'm here for that deep revelation. (laughs) That was the quote of the night, though, right? So I asked you five questions. We're going to put them on the screen at the beginning about the 5%. Is there anywhere in these questions that you have relented 5%? Maybe you need to dial it up 5%, maybe 10%. Feel free to take pictures of this. Feel free to post it everywhere. Have you settled or become indifferent? I mean, is there an area of your life you've settled? You've just settled. You just accepted the status quo. You've put the the brake pedal in a certain area of your life. And you're not pursuing greatness in that area. You've just settled. Well, I guess this is what marriage should be. Uh... Well, unless it's great, that's not what it should be. Amen. 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 It's so easy to settle, right? A couple disappointments, a couple failures, a couple people stab you in the back, you know, just a couple mistakes, and you just settle. Amen? Number two, have you relented on your commitment, your effort? Have you relented on your effort? You know, maybe you've got that adult kid who's not really serving God and you've just relented on calling them and telling them to go to church and inviting them and encouraging them. You've relented. Why have you relented? Call them a hundred times, man. I used to go to the movies when I was in college and uh, my mom, would I'd have like 13, 14 missed calls. I'd come out and be like, mom, what's wrong? So I'd just, just call and say, hi, uh, you're going to church tomorrow, right? But uh, yeah. <laughs> God, mom, I thought something was wrong. Like, why don't you be that mom, you know? Like, it's okay, because, you know, like, I always knew my mom loved me, so that was great. Um, Have you backed off your vision? Yeah, but do you even have a vision? I did a whole teaching on that. That was teaching number two. Do you have a vision? you got to have vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Flip that on upside down. Where there is vision, people thrive you got to have a vision. You need to have a vision for every area of your life. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your marriage, on your job, in your business. Young people, you need to have a vision for your studies. Everything about for your relationships. What type of relationships are you going to have, young people? You going to give in to sex and all of that, or are you going to stand pure for what God wants you to, how God wants you to be? 
Oh, we're, we're going in the deep end now, right? Like, <laughs> nobody talks about that. Well, godly relationships means you abstain from sex before, until you get married. Amen. 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 People are like, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Have you accepted personal responsibility for your life? Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys. Life is not everybody else's fault. Like, have you ever noticed that people like to blame things on God? They're like, God moves in mysterious ways. And everybody's like, there's nothing mysterious about that. You, you crazy, man. You're making bad decisions. Is that mysterious? You're making bad decisions. Can I just tell you something? God doesn't move in mysterious ways. You want to know how God moves? According to his word. If it ain't in the word, it wasn't God. Number five, have you drawn away from God? Wow, what an opportunity we have this month, huh? To draw near to God. To draw near. You know what? Can I tell you one of the literal definitions of the word fast just means increased obedience to God? Just increased obedience. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you want God's results, do it God's way. <laughs> Life gets really simple, man. If you want God's results, do it his way. One of the definitions of fasting is just increasing your obedience to God. Amen. Amen. So last week we opened a discussion about values and how values shape your future. What you value today will determine your future, right? Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of your life. What is your heart? Your heart is what you value, right? Your convictions, your passions, your beliefs, who you really are, right? Like what makes you, you, right? So guard your heart, guard your values because out of it flows the issues of your life. What you value today is what you will deal with in the future. Amen. If you value saving money in the future, you will have money. If you value spending it in the future. Amen. If you value kindness and forgiveness in your marriage in the future, you will have happiness in your marriage. If you value your temper in the future, you will deal with bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness in your relationships. What you value today will be the issues in your future. Do you have a set of values? I showed you the church's values. I'll, I'll show them to you again. These are Abundant Living's values. Now, we have a lot of them, but these are the ones, you know, we love God and we love people. Amen? We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith gives us the victory. We walk by faith and not by sight. We believe that we're blessed to be a blessing. That kind of governs a lot of what we do here at Abundant Living, right? We're blessed to be a blessing. We pursue excellence. We don't pursue perfection. We pursue excellence. Nobody's perfect, but we can all do the best we can with what we have. Amen. Hashtag throwback to Rochelle Neiman. Some of y'all remember that, huh? Doing the best you can with what you have. Rochelle Neiman's definition of excellence. I can't do the best I can with what you have. I can just do the best I can with what I have. Amen? We choose joy. Yes, we choose joy. Joy is a choice. 
Amen? It is not your wife's responsibility to make you happy. And all the ladies said, And we believe in being extremely generous. Amen. Amen. Last week I shared with you a story out of Mark chapter 14. You can go home and read it. And it was the woman who anointed Jesus with oil. And she broke a bottle of perfume. Right? And it's really a story of values. But what did Jesus say? This woman has done something significant for me. And one of the synonyms of that is greatness. She's done something great for me. And isn't that amazing that... Jesus described this woman as significant, as great. Isn't that awesome? And we kind of went over a few thoughts of values. I'll just review them quickly and then we'll get into the new stuff. One, Mary valued honoring Jesus above everything else. You know, they said, I told you last week that that bottle of perfume was valued at a year's worth of wages. So you think what you make in a year, that's what the bottle was valued at. Isn't that amazing? And she just broke it to honor Jesus. And then there were all the haters in the room, right? All the critics. She didn't even care what they thought. She valued honoring Jesus above things. You know, God doesn't mind you having things. He just doesn't want the things to have you. And he wants to give you things, but for his glory. And to be a blessing to other people. Amen? Number two, godly values will set you apart. There was a clear difference between her and the other people in the room. We are in the world and not of it. My family, people should look upon our lives and know that Jesus is in our lives. When the world's going crazy, we should not be. When the world's negative, we should be standing in hope. When the world has doubt, we stand in faith. When the world hates, we love. When the world is racist, we accept. When the world is judgmental, we forgive. The world, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, they should look upon our lives and see Jesus in our lives. Now, it might take more than a day or two days or three days, but over the course of your life, the people around you should know that Jesus is in your life. Amen. Why? Because you honor God with your life. Amen. You gotta keep going. Your values might be attacked. Boy, they came after her, right? Judas was there. Judas Iscariot. And, and he leaves to go betray Jesus. He attacked her, right? You know what? Sometimes your godly values will be attacked. But you just keep standing for Jesus. Don't let some negative, whiny, complaining, judgmental, hard-hearted person stop you from standing for what you know is right. Amen? And don't let cynics and gossips rob you of your integrity. Come on. You want to lose favor with your boss? Go gossip. Your name is off the promotion list because you gossip. Right? Amen. Amen. Stand for what you know is right. 
Number four, your values must be total. She broke the, the entire bottle. Isn't that amazing? The entire, but not part of it. Like, I think there's so much to be said in today's world for just being committed. For being committed. For following through on your commitments. For being the man you said you were going to be. For being the woman you said you were going to be. For being at the place you said you'd be at. Amen. For doing what you say you'd do. Amen. For making that resolution a lifestyle and not a month. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 There's so much to be said about just being committed. Amen. Let your values be total. Great values we saw through this story are about God and people. Right? Jesus said, she honored me and you will then honor the poor. Right? They should be about God first and then people. Great values produce greatness. I already talked to you about that, that Jesus said that what she did was significant. And then he said, and you will remember her forever. You know, great values produce a legacy in your life. Amen? The reason I taught this series, church, is because I believe with all my heart that God wants you to have a great life. And I believe he wants greatness to be in your life in every area of your life. See, I've read Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says that God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of good and never of evil to give you a hope and a future. There's an amazing scripture in uh, 1 Timothy 1, 2 through 3 in the Message Bible. It says, for God not only loves you very much, but he has his hand on you to do something special. I actually printed that and it's on a sign above Caleb's bed because I want him to read that, that God has his hand on him to do something special. Not ordinary, not just good, definitely not bad, something special, something great. His love didn't just save you. No, his hand is on you for greatness, church. Amen. Amen. And God has said it, listen to me. So last week I talked about your values and your future. Tonight is God's values, your greatness. God has a list of values set out in the word that the only result of those values is greatness in your life. And if you will just accept those values into your heart, God will produce greatness in your life. Isn't that amazing? Now, the thing about all of them is that you have to accept that God's ways are not your ways. That God's ways are greater than your ways. Because all four of these values, according to the world, would not produce greatness. But God uses them to produce greatness. All of them come down to that we are simply ordinary people. But through these four things, God brings his extraordinary power into our lives. And this is how you build, literally, you will build God's greatness into your life if you will accept these four things. So let's look at them. Amen? Amen? The first one, we're going to put them all up on the screen generosity. You hear us quote this sometimes? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Listen to this though. The one who blesses others will be what? 
abundantly blessed. You starting to see the greatness there? Not just blessed, but abundantly blessed. Those who help others, what? Are helped. God's way for us to live as Christians is to live in generosity. Generous with our time, with our love, with our forgiveness, with our helping hand, with our kind word. Generosity is not a moment. It is not a singular act. Generosity is a lifestyle. And you choose to live in generosity in your life. You want to have a marriage that grows and expands? Be generous. Amen. God's key to making your life bigger is generosity. But see, the world would say, there's no way. You can't give to make your life bigger. No, giving, being generous makes your life smaller. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's not how God works. Amen. We are in the world, but not of it. So the question is, do you value generosity? Do you value it? Do you value people who are generous? Do you value it? In every area of your life. Do you value it? Because God values it. And if God values it, then I should value it. Amen? Let me just read you a couple other things that God says about generosity. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says, On the generous, he will pile on all the riches you could ever imagine. Isn't that amazing? To the generous. Not to the stingy. Not to the stingy. You know what a generous person does? They forgive. Even when not asked. We don't, we don't punish him until he asks for forgiveness. We forgive. Amen. We help even if someone didn't ask for help. We pray just because we know we need to pray. We encourage when everybody else isn't. That's generosity. We give in the toy offering. That's generosity. Amen. So do you value it? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 11, he says, he will pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. Isn't that amazing? To those who choose generosity. Amen. Isaiah 9, 32, 8, it says, a generous man devises generous plans and by his generosity he will stand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stand against what? Amen. The storms of life, the hate of the world, you want to know what generosity does for you? It builds an amazing reput reputation for your life. Yes, Who do we still talk about? Mother Teresa. You know what she did? She lived a generous life. Right? And we talk about here, we, we, we revere her. We quote her. Because she lived generosity. Here's the thing about generosity in the kingdom of God. I can be generous because the God I serve is the epitome of generosity. Yes, 
For God so loved the world that he what? Gave Jesus. He is the leader of generosity. He is the standard bearer for generosity. He is the ultimate example of what generosity should do. And he was generous not because we deserved it, not because we asked for it. He was generous because it was the right thing to do. And generosity is the right thing to do. My dad, I have it written in my Bible. My dad told me one time, it's one of his mottos of life. He said, Jared, when faced with a difficult decision, always choose the most generous option. He said, you will never regret choosing the most generous option. He said, if you don't know which decision to make, just search for the one that's the most generous and you'll never regret it. And no matter what happens, God will reward it because God rewards generosity. See, I can love because God had loved me. I can forgive because God forgave me. I can accept because God accepted me. I can help because God has helped me. I can deliver because God has delivered me. I can have hope because God has hope for me. I can have faith because God had faith for me. See, I can be generous because the God I serve is generous unto me. I don't have to earn his blessing. I don't have to strive for his blessing. No, the blessing is on the earth for me to have. And because it is there, I can be a blessing. If you want your life to get bigger, choose generosity. Amen. Number two. Number two is humility. You see there, Matthew 23, verse 12, it says, And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. I looked up those words. I was very Charles Neiman. (laughs) The word exalt, listen to this. Listen to this. It literally means to be raised to a condition of dignity, honor, and prosperity. How many of you would like your life to live in a condition of dignity, honor, and prosperity? The rest of you, you're you're like, "Uh, I'm too humble for that, Jared. (laughs) I mean, uh, (laughs) prosperity is better than lack. Dignity is better than embarrassment. Honor, well, I'll just say Hollywood. (laughs) I want my life to have dignity, honor, and prosperity. Amen. Amen. And how do you get it? By being humble. So what does that mean? Listen to this. See, a lot of people... Like, humility is, is, is this. It's like, oh. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel sorry for the people that buy the CD, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, being humble is like, oh, oh, shucks. Like, no, like, oh, no, I don't deserve that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, that's being humble. Right? Like, hey, great job. No, no. No. 
oh, you worshiped so good today. You did such a, oh, no. Oh, I'm just, just so humble. I, I don't know what that is. That's not what humility is. You want to know what humility is? Humility is a life lived in devout reverence, respect, and belief in God. It's not, oh. Don't compliment me. You can compliment me all you want. I like compliments. They're better than me. I mean, compliments are better than like haters, right? Like, Oh, you like oh, you preach so good, Jared, or oh, I really don't like Jared. Like, I'll take that first one first, you know? Like, I'll take that. Like, like if I'm going to read something on social media, like, like, I'd rather have that, you know? Like, you know? Like, the sun shining is better than a thunderstorm. I'll take the sun shining. Like, so feel free to compliment. That's, that's cool, you know? But it, humility is not like, uh, it's a life lived in devout reverence, respect, and belief in God. Listen. It also means it is the full and complete acceptance of God's wisdom in your life. It is the full and complete acceptance. You want God's results? Do it God's way. Humility is, listen, let me put it in plain English. Humility is simply saying, God, your ways are better than my ways. So I'm going to do it your way so I can live in the fullness of what you have for me. The dignity, the honor, and the prosperity that you have for me. So God, I don't know everything, so I need your wisdom. Lead me, guide me, and I will obey you. If your word says to do it, I'll do it. Amen. And you live in that reverence. And what happens? He exalts your life. Isn't that amazing? James 4 verse 10, it says, Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and he will raise you up. So generosity is God's way of expanding your life. Humility is God's way of exalting your life, bringing honor, uh, dignity, and prosperity into your life. And then there's the third thing, faithfulness. God's values, your greatness. God's values equals your greatness. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust in much. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is yours? So faithfulness has two keys. Being faithful over little, but also being faithful over what is another man. You're believing God to open your own business, but you won't go and do a a good job at your current job. You won't be faithful over what's another man, but then, then you're believing God to give you your own. But you won't go bust your butt for somebody else's. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is a strict or thorough, it is being strict or thorough in a performance of duties. It's being true to one's word. Amen? It is steady in allegiance, loyal and constant. Listen to this. It is reliable, trusted, and believed. So here's the question. 
Are you that? Are you reliable, trusted, believable? Are you steady? Are you constant? Are you loyal? Are you true, true to your word? You true to your word. Are you thorough in your performance of duties? Because if you'll be that, guess what happens? The Bible says, he who is faithful over little, God will make you ruler over much. But you know what? So often we tell God, give me much and then I'll be faithful. Guys, it's easy to be faithful over much. I mean, come on. Someone, someone rolls up, you know, at Christmas. You see those commercials, right? Those new Lexuses with the big bow on it. You know what I'm saying? It's shiny. You got those pretty rims. Got that burl wood stuff and the Bose speakers. They show you and it goes through the snow. We all know it doesn't go through the snow like that. But it looks so good. You know, it's faithful to be over. It's easy to be faithful over that souped up Lexus. You're going to wash that bad boy? You're going to park it at the end of the parking lot? Like, even when it's 107 in July, you're parking at the end of the parking lot. There's nobody going to scratch my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to be faithful over much. Some of you business owners, it's easy to be faithful over much. It's not so easy to be faithful when your boss is a jerk. And you didn't get a raise for four years because the economy was bad. But are you going to stay faithful? Amen. Amen. Faithfulness is steady. It is constant. It is loyal. Good times, bad times. You want much? You want much? Be faithful. So generosity is God's way to expand your life. Humility is God's way to exalt your life, to bring you dignity, honor, and prosperity. Faithfulness is God's key to promotion in your life. Hey, let's tell the truth. Literally, at work, you want to get promoted. Who gets promoted? That guy who is diligent in his duties and thorough in his performance. The guy who's reliable, loyal, consistent, trustworthy, and believable. Who are you going to promote, managers? That guy. Not the flake that can't get out there on time. Oh, oh, I got stuck in traffic. It's like, bro, we all live off Joe Battle. There was no traffic. I was on the same freeway you were on. How'd you get stuck in traffic? I know where you live. That was a, what, what wreck? No, you're just late all the time. You know what I'm saying? The last one, number four. You glad you came to church? Amen. You got to serve. Jesus said, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. I've been quoting to you. Whoever desires to be great, and it goes on to say, let him be your servant. Now the world will tell you that's no way to get to greatness. But we all know that's the key to greatness. But what does serving mean? What does it mean? It literally means this. It has three definitions in the New Testament. It means that you advance others' interests even at the sacrifice of your own. 
You advance other people's interests even at the sacrifice of your own. Hey, you want to have a great marriage? Advance your spouse's interests at the sacrifice of your own. Guess what will happen? You'll never actually sacrifice. Because they will reward back to you because they know you're willing to sacrifice It simply means that you live with an above and beyond attitude. You go above and beyond. You go above and beyond. That's what being a servant is. You go above and beyond. You don't do the bare minimum to get by. You go above and beyond. Even if it means a little sacrifice. Well, that's not what I do in the house. That's her job. Get off your butt and go do it. That's his job. Your legs work. Yeah, all the lady, nobody, you didn't amen when I pick on you. Y'all amen when I pick on the men. Listen to what it means. Listen now, listen to this. It means one who promotes the welfare and prosperity of Jesus's church. That just took serving to a whole other level. Serving means it is one who promotes the welfare and prosperity of Jesus' church. So you want greatness in your life? Promote his church. What does it say about his church? That it's his bride. That he's the head of it. That he builds it, and that's where his eyes are and his heart is always. So you want greatness, literally greatness. Promote the welfare and prosperity of what he cares about, his church, where his eyes are and his heart is always. And greatness will come into your life. Amen. And if you don't like it, I mean, I don't know what to say, you know. The third definition is, it is those through whom God carries out his administration on the earth. Isn't that amazing? Greatness comes into your life through God if you are willing to carry out his administration on the earth. What does that mean? That you go act like a Christian. That's complicated, right? You go act like a Christian. It kind of goes back to that definition of humility. Amen, Lord. (laughs) Right? That you live in devout reverence and obedience to him. Amen? Amen? That we go into all the world to seek and to save. That we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Right? That's what being a servant is. You're willing to put someone else's needs above yours? That you promote the welfare and prosperity of his church. Amen. Amen. Well, which Neiman's preaching? Then I'll decide if I'm going. (laughs) Now, Jared doesn't even use a podium anymore. Well, I'm going to go tell all my friends about that. (laughs) We don't even wear suits anymore. 
What's that about? <laughs> and where's Siobhan? <laughs> I didn't really like song number three today. <laughs> you think I'm making all that up, huh? Are you promoting the welfare and the prosperity of his church? With your life? With your mouth? Or are you out there? What's your social media look like? Joel Osteen, and then the F word after that. Oh, I just love how Joel makes me feel. And then, blankety blank. I mean, like, does that seem like it's promoting the welfare of the church? I ain't judging you, homie. I'm just saying, if you want greatness in your life, Jesus says to promote the welfare and the prosperity of his church. Amen. You want to do that? You want to do that? Number one, be at church. Number two, tell your friends about church. Number three, y'all need to go start serving in church. Amen. Amen. And a whole bunch of you. All right, I'm just going to. A whole bunch of you, man. You need to go get a volunteer application and you need to start serving. God gave you talents and abilities to promote the welfare of his church. We need ushers. We need greeters. We need people in kids' church. Shannon is about to launch the premier kids' uh, 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 program in the world. We need a lot of you to go serve back there. We've got a new youth pastor an amazing young man. We need people in our youth group. Some of you relate to teenagers. Go serve! I need a, like 150 more greeters. Can you smile? Look at all y'all, that whole section just smile. All of you are going to go be greeters. We need more people to sing and to play piano. There's people in this room you can sing and play instruments. We need you, man. Like tomorrow. I'm telling you. Can I just tell you what else we need? We need you to pray. We need you to pray, man. You need to pray for me. You need to pray for my dad. You need to pray for Cruz. You need to pray for Ezra. You need to pray for Jimmy. You need to pray for Shannon. You need to pray for each other. You need to pray for your friends. That's how you promote the welfare of God's church. Amen. I'm not going to go this weekend because, you know, the monster trucks and I'm tired. Get your butt to church. I went to that ridiculous thing. It's loud. It's obnoxious. It's awesome. And I still came and preached. Like, get to church. Hey, man, unless you got the flu, get to church. Please don't come if you have the flu. <laughs> we don't want it. Stand to your feet.
He watched the live stream on that night. You know what I'm saying? Look, we have an amazing opportunity this next month. We've already started the Cross Equals Love campaign. We've got those window decals out there, the billboards. We're doing this amazing social media thing. You can be a part of it. We're going to get hundreds of people born again this next month. Church, some of you need this fast and praying week. What else are you going to do? Come on, what else are you going to do? You're going to go home and watch reruns of Modern Family? Is that going to give you breakthrough in your life? Watching another basketball? Oh, March Madness. Is that going to help your marriage? You need this, man. And you have family members that need this. I'm telling you, you're going to go invite people to church this week. You're not going to wait till Easter. You're going to start tomorrow. Why? Because if you want greatness in your life, you go out and promote the welfare of God's church. Amen? Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, we honor you. We glorify you. We worship you with our lives. We choose generosity. We choose humility. We choose faithfulness. And we choose to be servants. In the name of of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you don't have... Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.